2: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.
3: Good morning. Friday the 15th of July. Fry-yay, we call it here on Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on SCNZ. Welcome into to the show. It's Friday. I love Fridays. One step closer to the weekend. Big weekend of racing. A couple of nice uh, horses racing at Rua Kaka. And on that, we going to chat to Chris Gibbs shortly. Race our Waikato Racing pre- uh, Review. We're going to catch up with Chris Gibbs. He's got a couple racing at Rua Kaka. And uh, we'll we have a little inkling. And we'll get a little inside look in how they're tracking for the weekend's meeting. But before then, got to have a look and have a catch up with Tony Kemp, who's there in the studio, Kempi,
0: refreshed, revitalised, mate. Did you have a good sleep last night? Oh, ah, to yeah, man. I had a real good sleep last night. Been a busy week, actually. Um, lots of rugby mm. league stuff going on with the AGM coming up this weekend, and all the districts meeting in Auckland. Um, we're not we're not invited to the AGM, but we're still having a hooey. <laughs> so, but <laughs> I was on a, I was on a I was on a Zoom call till like ten o'clock last night with the Waikato Rugby League and talking to all of our districts just about coming together and and um you know manaaki just sharing some some knowledge about what we think needs to happen and looking forward to it actually but um mate first time woke up this morning and to my alarm normally i beat it up but uh, obviously a little bit tired on it and uh yeah, man it makes a difference when you sleep that extra hour <laughs> it i've got to say i've got to say it does
3: it does, though. I, I love my sleep, and I need it. I, uh, I was actually similar, but I was, I was watching the golf last night on, on the couch in, in, the, in the lounge. My daughter's dominating our bed, so I'm actually um, sleeping in the spare bed because she's in there with her mother, and that's okay. She's got a broken leg, but I uh, fell asleep on the couch watching watching the golf, and it's still gone. How good? we got Cameron Young, who's eight under. Eight under. And we had a message come through on the Temple Bedpost text machine about Cam Young yesterday. Uh, So he'll be up and about with that. He's flying eight under, shooting a 64. And he got Rory McIlroy, six under. Cam Smith, five under. So the big names, there or thereabouts. Our man Ryan Foxy is one under. Not too bad for uh, our first round. We've already had a message come through from Joe. More energy, took a bet on Bet365 for Tiger to be in the bottom 20 first round and to not make the cut at 25 bucks. 25 bucks is from Joe. That's, that bet's looking pretty solid at the moment. He's five over. He's five over at the moment as Tiger Woods. And then took Fox to make the cut and Dustin Johnson to stick it up him off the LOV tour. Come on, Joe. Well, be like Joe. Double eight, double three. Oh, on the bed Post text machine. We'd love to hear from you on that. We're going to talk to um, Patrick Tuipilotu after eight o'clock. Big game this weekend. We've talked about it all week. The pressure's on. The All Blacks taking on Ireland in Wellington at Sky Stadium. We're going to have a chat to Pachitupiloutu about the decider. How's the week been? He isn't planned, but it uh, be interesting to see how uh, how the week's been for the team and for the lads. So looking forward to that conversation later on in the morning. And then it is Friday, so we'll finish the show with a Friday tip where we cheers the week. We'd love to hear from you on the high phone line 0800 150 11. Big Friday ahead. Keep you up to date with the golf. There he is, Tiger Woods. He's on my screen, man. I don't even know how he's playing. He's limping. He's walking. He looks sore. Is this the end? Is this the end of Tiger, Louis? What do you, What are you thinking, mate? Like it's It's pretty tough. They asked him in a presser, Are you retiring? He says no, straight out. Just said no.
2: But mate, looking at him walk, it's just it's difficult for the um, for Tiger. Yeah, morning, Izzy. Morning, Kempe. Uh Friday, how good? Yes, boy. Yes. Love a bit of that. Um, no, this isn't the end for Tiger. I think Tiger will continue to play the Open and probably the Masters for a decade, longer. As long as he can get around, I think he will turn up and do the ceremonial wave because inside Tiger, he will always believe that there's a chance that he can win one of these tournaments again. And look, I know he doesn't want to be going there and um, turning up and and just feeling like he's participating. He always wants to know he can win. Um, but the reality is at the moment in the shape of his body is he can't. And I don't think that means he'll throw it in altogether. He means too much to golf. And I think at the moment with the LIV threat, I think Tiger really understands his place in the golf world and how important he is as a real bastion of the old PGA club and what that means. So, Kempi, I can't see him going away. Um, Cam Smith... Five under. Pac-Man. Don't forget about Cam and the Sam Show at St. Andrews. Cam leader after round one and goes all the way from Pac-Man. He's just missed out, Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was yesterday morning, but I've been in touch with uh, Sam. Pinfold Pinners this morning just said, hey, you guys look so calm out there because he was on the early tee time, so they were up nice and early and he said, oh, my man was just putting so well. You can't get an idea of the undulating and the, the greens and these pin locations until you're standing on them and how big these rolling hills are literally on the green and it takes a it takes a golfer who's locked in and um, is concentrating so hard to get through 18 greens and then Sam said that look the only way the golf course is going to fight back from a really low score he's predicting maybe 18 under. Uh, to win the tournament. The only way the golf course can fight back is pin locations and he expects the RNA to later in the week uh, really dial it in on these golfers and you're going to have to be locked in on the greens because the course is just so short. I mean, it's 150 years of this, so the course isn't built long enough to be able to fight back these modern golfers with the technology. So the greens and the pin locations is going to be exactly what holds them back. And yeah, pinners and uh, Cam Smith are locked in. How good is the time zone? Watching it at night, watching it in the morning, absolutely loving it, Kimpy.
0: Yeah, and they're driving twelve. Did you see that? Is, they, they have uh, hole twelve up, they're driving through the green, mate. The, the big boys. Oh. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think the other thing that plays. I don't know what the weather's like for the week, but it's windy. It is a very yeah open links course, and if that wind gets up, that's gonna sh- that's gonna shorten up a few people too. Feel sorry for Tiger Woods, walking around there with a limp and not looking to, you know, to be enjoying his golf, but, man, some decent scores come out already. McElroy, the favourites, up there at six under. Um, Schaeffler's going all right. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's going to, like, I think you're right about the big score. I think it will go into, like, you know, 18 mm. under or something like that because they're just smashing the course at the moment.
3: Yeah, that's not really um, major like that. Eh? They're usually pretty tough. The scores are probably, like, five, six under, Traditionally, but if they get to eighty and under, R and A will have to make some changes because i will be watching it, mate. Because the, like you said, the course is so firm, mate. Like they're getting about a fifty or sixty meter roll Yeah, they each, can
2: they can drive about four
3: drive. or five of the holes. Mm. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's so short, and, and like I've just seen Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's landed it about ten meters in front of it. It's rolled about fifty meters past the hole. So, like, it's, it's 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 difficult in that sense. But yeah, you're right. It's too short for, for these players, so we'll see how they go. Mate, Brad Kennedy played the New Zealand Open um, three years ago. He actually won the New Zealand Open. He's four under. He's in the top ten. Brad Kennedy from Australia, so good to, good to see his name out there. I was watching it earlier in the morning, and Ian Poulter was there, but he's probably obviously, obviously wavered. He's gone a bit down, downhill at the moment. But our man, Foxy, one under,
2: so we'll keep keep tracking there. And we've got our man, F- Mark Fox. Yeah, another Foxy, um, We've I've just pinned him down, he hosts a golf podcast out of uh, the UK, he's on course today, been following people around, so he's going to join us after 7 o'clock this morning and he can give us the actual lay of the land and what's going on, so looking forward to catching up with Mark Fox, another Irish lad, so been, <laughs> we've got a good Irish <laughs> theme today uh, and it has to be because this weekend is massive and we're going to talk so much rugby, my can't wait question of the day is rugby themed, Choices Flooring Poles rugby themed. We'll have to find somewhere to talk some rugby league or I'll get a swinging arm to the head at some stage. Um, <laughs> but before we do, the Christchurch Stadium result yesterday, gents. Oh, beautiful. Build it. Great day. Build
3: it. Great day. End of the year. End of the year. Apparently, construction's starting. And, um, mate, look, it was pretty unanimous in the end with the votes. I think everyone, everyone you talk to, look, there's the old one that's it's, it's, it's a lot of money 683 million. But it ain't going to get cheaper, let's be completely honest. And this all started from the council (laughs) just delaying it, delaying it, and just being incompetent and just not getting this started. That's why the the budget has blown out. But, hey, we got there. They've made the decision. We're going to get it done. Now let's just get it done. There's no turning back from this. I
0: think it's going to be fantastic. Get on with it. Get it built and they will come. <laughs> oh It's going to be great for Christchurch. Mate, it's a good looking stadium. Uh, like if those pictures mm. that they're putting through all the media uh, are right, it's a good looking stadium. Massive, mate. Jeez, I mm. didn't know. I didn't know you Christchurch people like those big looking stadiums down there. There's plenty <laughs> oh, of scaffolding. M-
2: multi-purpose <laughs> arena, Kimpi. Multi-purpose, <laughs> multi-use arena. It's a. Uh, it's actually got a name, doesn't it? Uh, the name just escapes Te me. Tikaka. Car. Mm, they've mm. named it already, which is cool. But you're right; it does look like a spaceship, doesn't it? Oh, it's
0: huge, absolutely huge. It looks like a NFL
2: stadium. Mm. You
0: know the Crusaders, oh. eh? They just—that's what happens when you're winning everything. The
3: space? It's not the Crusaders,
2: Kimmy. The whole this community, is about everyone. <laughs> We're going to have music <laughs> events. We'll have rugby league games down there. We're the, we'll wearing the,
0: Crusader uh, jerseys. We we'll
2: have the Southern Bears playing out yeah, of there. Yeah, come on. <laughs> so. It's, it's, it's not our fault it's going to become
3: a fortress from day one. Although, I is know, it? You know,
2: like. I, I have had this thought. Remember, I remember when this debate started a decade ago about, or mm. not even a, longer, about, what, are you, what, is, what is a decade ago, literally, about what we're going to do? And I said, I was very unpopular because I said, whatever you do, don't make it roofed because I don't want to take the way the Crusaders forward pack advantage. And everyone got stuck into me. Like, are you insane? You can't build a stadium these days and not have it roofed because you lose all the opportunities. It's not just a rugby stadium. But I was like, yeah, but when Wyatt Crockett and Corey Flynn keep it tight, we're unbeatable. Like, let's just keep it tight and skip smacking them up the middle. But it genuinely, it'll change the way the Crusaders play rugby, won't it? Uh, it
3: well, Look, it'll change the kind of mindset. We used to love bringing teams down here, like the Blues, or or just teams that just, when it was solved mate, when it was two degrees to three degrees, it was wet, it was muddy, it was horrible, windy, a little a little no you know, nor'wester everything coming through, the elements were just flying, and we just sit there, as backs, you know, as Ponzi backs, knowing that we're going to have a cruisy day on the outsides, <laughs> and the Fords up front are just going to have to go handy, but we just knew our <laughs> Fords every time. We're just licking their lips, mate. And yeah, you're right. It is going to change. And that's a thought, Lee, and Kempy, That's a thought. Is this the way that stadiums are being built now? Yes. Is that? Because is they are going to continue to see most stadiums. There's going to be the old one, you know, I'm thinking long, long down the track. But most of the stadiums will be roofed. So is that going to be better or for worse for the game of rugby? Like the elements, we know it brings a different brand and... And it obviously brings different um, structures and keys to the team's success into the game. So with the Roof Stadium, it just, you know, pretty much evens it out, really.
0: Yeah, it takes, it it takes, the, ele- the, takes it the elements it? out of it. Definitely when you can yeah. close it on the... So is it,
3: good or, is it good or bad, Kempe? Oh, I'm just trying to have a thing.
0: Mm. Oh, I think it's a bad thing for the teams that have been growing up. You know, they've grown up through those elements, like the Canterbury side, that, you know, love the cold, mm. love the wet, Um the Australian sides that play on firm firm tracks most of the time you have to come over. You're sort of taking all that element out of it, aren't you? If you close the roof, you know the storm's coming in that week. They close the roof for the week. The track's always firm. Sometimes it's better to play mm. on a wet track when you're a footballer. You know that. I used to love playing in the rain. Yeah. Some of my best best games when it was wet. So footballers aren't too much different than horses. Um you mm. love you, you get the you know, the fast guys like yourself you used to love a firm track. And the bigger guys like me used to like a bit of a da- bit of a bit of a sting taken out of the ground because it slowed up a few of the quick cook- quicker boys and that they run a lot straighter, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> it's a, it is going to change it's the so way true. It is going to change the way that um, uh, teams have to prepare for games, especially if you close that roof every every wet game. Yeah, yeah I am just thinking like for league, like league, I think. Um the elements because it's more
3: pass, it's more tackle. There's there's no real um, set piece, you know, like the, the real details like, like rugby where set piece and the wet really affects like the lineouts, obviously throwing, um, scrumming, you know, like yeah, it's just interesting to see down the line how rugby actually
2: looks. Well, we've actually got a we've got um I guess a evidence of this in another sport is the the offense revolution and evolution in NFL. American football, Mm. look at teams that have been playing into domes and the scoring rate of them and the way that uh, the, like, you know, old school American football heads will will tell you about the good old days of Emmitt Smith and the running backs that would just Mm. go straight up the guts and they would just run and run and run and run and run and and that's how you'd win championships. But the offensive evolution to now you've got your Tom Brady's and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert's that just sling it because half their games are played in domed areas and then, you know, the Green Bay Packers play out there in the yeah. freezing conditions and they keep it tight. And it's really more about game management. And, and that is kind of, and they've been under these domes for decades now. We, the questions, right, is you've got me thinking when Auckland eventually knocks down Eden Park and builds the new stadium, are we going to have a stadium that is outdoors? will they build that with a roof? Will they be able to justify that leaving it roofless? Because I think it will be a real shame for our national stadium to have a roof and for teams to come here and play the all blacks and play under a roof. Is Mm
3: Yeah. Look, it's, it's interesting. Like you think,
2: Oh mate, it'll be
3: interesting to see where the Eden park, they had an opportunity to build one on the, on the down by the port. And I think that was a real opportunity missed, but in saying that, um, Maybe interesting. You think back to when the Highlanders played that Chiefs in the f- pretty much the first game down there under the under the roof, and it was a spectacle. It was the most the ball and play. Like you, we're talking, you sent it through some stats uh, over of the WhatsApp group about ball and play in, and yeah. in NRL and how entertaining it was with the roof. When and that game in twenty thirteen, I think it was when the Chiefs played the Landers. It was entertaining. Everyone was up and about because ball and play. There was try scoring. Uh, the defence was right on. It was a bit of a spectacle. So uh, I think the question is, uh, are you for that as a fan? Do you want to see more of that style of rugby where it's entertaining ball and play? Or do you want to be a real traditionalist and you want to see elements play a huge factor and go back to the scrum, go back to the line-out and, and, know, and the real old-school kind of style of game? So yeah, it's, it's, it's got me thinking. Like The roof is, oh, it sounds all great for fans because we're going to be warm and we're going to be watching rugby and have a pound of chips. But as rugby
0: um, purists, is it a good thing? Yeah, is it a good thing? You know the other part because Louis raises a good point. There is, is how does an Aucklander mm. feel when they wake up and finally Christchurch is getting this big spaceship put down there in the middle of the middle of the city for six, oh, six hundred and eighty million, <laughs> and they've been to, you know and it's taken <laughs> you donkeys years to get it done, but it's taken them forever even just to get some type of conversation up here in Auckland to build a stadium down at the waterfront. Like it's a no brainer. Mm. Remember having the conversation with Sir Ron Scott who built the the um, the Caketon a number of years ago. <laughs> Who put the put the proposal together to Hubbard, who who was the um, the the mayor at the time? That it was a no brainer to put this the stadium down at the waterfront, and because of um, some angst between media and Hubbard, they they wrote some some stuff that said it wasn't really viable, and they missed the boat, but mate how good would it be to have a stadium on the waterfront in
2: Auckland I was just I I was just about to say hey well we've got a mural race this year I wonder what Leo was thinking and literally as I thought that Frazee's come through Leo Malloy will have a waterfront stadium if he gets in his mirror of course he will of course he will. He loves the waterfront. He loves the viaduct and everything that it brings. I don't know what the other... What uh, if Meryl... a pop-up?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> wonder... Let's get Leo on, mate. He's good fun. Yeah, he is good fun. He's, he, is a good, he is good good fun. Um, I wonder what the other mural candidates... I think if we did that, we'd probably have to get them all on. I'm sure there's some le- legalities around that. Yeah, we... don't get into it, boys. Trust me, never get into it. <laughs> 21 minutes past <laughs> six o'clock speaking from very good experience. Can't wait question of the day. <laughs> A hot start this morning like Cam Young. Eight under, shooting a 64 in the first round of the Open. Wow, what a round that is. Um, But the Kangway question of the day, it's simple. Who wins it and why? It's the biggest test match in New Zealand since the third Lions game. It has got so much riding on it. Careers will be made. Careers could be ended from this game who wins and why All Blacks Ireland 3 0800 150 811 come through and get on right now the Kennards higher phone line we'd love to hear from you it's the biggest test match in so long Izzy and Kempe's answer and yours after this here with Chemist Warehouse great savings every day SCNZ 27 minutes past 6 o'clock can't wait question of the day time Izzy and we'll get your thoughts in just a bit we've got to prioritise our powers on the Kennards higher phone line we've got Joe the Irish John let's get to Joe and Gizzy first up for a bit of- Friday Fizz, Joey. Morena, Joe.
4: and gentlemen, listen. In this country, there's only one color, and it's black. All right. <laughs> this is what we bleed. This is what we attain. This is what we strive for. Don't give me any BS that some green team can come over and get some speed bump win <laughs> yes, with a dirty Joey. little South African ref handing out cars left, right, and center like he's playing canasta. All right. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> this time round, this time round, we get a fair shot. Just like the first test, We're, listen. Those little green men can get a fast start. Hats off to them. They got a forty-year-old centre who couldn't make the All Blacks and they had to head to go and play for them. I'm from Gisborne. We got a first five-eight from Gisborne Boys High. Some midget who couldn't make the All Blacks had to go and play for them. Good on you, Jamo. All right. Now listen. We are going to come. We'll come harder and stronger. We'll get our time, and this time it'll be our time, and we'll win two-one.
3: Oh, yes, Joey, <laughs> Joey, Joey. You must. You sound a hell of a lot better than you did Monday. I must say, you sound a bit croaky, Mundy.
4: Oh, mate, she was dusty. She was. Uh, she was nine <laughs> bottles of whiskey deep. To tell you, and you uh, are the, 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 the van trip. The van trip home from Christchurch, uh, from Dunedin to Christchurch, was a was a bottle of bourbon each as well. So. <laughs> yep, we had to lay off it this week. And i just got to wait till uh, Mumsy said I had to wait till Saturday night so I could have another drink. So, so there we go. Yeah, but, that's uh, a joke.
2: Moder, moder, moderation. Love it. Love that. Thank you, Mumsy. Thanks, Joey. <laughs> 29 <laughs> minutes past six. Joey's always good to get and about. Irish John, do you want to respond to that? Little green men. That's a bit unfair, isn't it?
0: <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> Irish John, what's well, happening? Good morning to you. Top of the morning, Irish John. How are you, Little green man. All good.
4: Hey? All good. Oh, there's a pot of gold somewhere. It could be in Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: You gotta be going down, John, don't you? You're halfway there. Yep, the frying pan. The frying pan is the second pa- packet of rashers is into the frying pan already. Yep, we're all ready to go. The van is humming, and yeah, we're all set. Run, on run away. Good man, you have oh. ball down there. What's where do they? Where do you think the Irish win it? Ah, oh, oh, it can be. <laughs> it's, it's, it's
4: different. it's look. It do you know what it feels like somebody made a good comment? It feels like a kind of a World Cup kind of a knockout mm. um feeling. Yeah. So that's great. That's what Ireland. you that's what we want, isn't it? <laughs> What was that, is he? <laughs> we
3: now Irish. the Irish got the World Cup. Uh, t- Go
2: to the <laughs> uh, <laughs> t- <laughs> uh,
4: Somebody had their coca pops this morning. <laughs>
2: good, good, good luck to you, Irish John. Back to your rations in the frying pan. Uh, 29 away from 7. You, Irish, you guys are absolutely on one. All right, Ken As he hold your thoughts after this without a heart with news <laughs> useful component. Together with shaping and building New Zealand. 0800 150 811. Who wins? and why? Nice and simple. Can't wait question of the day. SCNZ 27 away from seven. Oh, the passion is real. World Cup knockout footy, is it? The Lions series. Is it you played in that series. What was the pressure like going into that third test match with it all squared up at one all?
3: Oh, tonne of pressure. Tonne of pressure for sure. And um, yeah, ended in a draw. But um, mate, this is why you play the game. You know, if it was easy, it'll just be boring, mate. You, you want to be have these little moments. You don't want to lose, and, and, and you know it's not about that. But pressure's on, mate. This separates the the boys from the men. So we'll see. We'll see
0: Saturday, and yeah, it's, it's why why you play the game for sure. Yeah, moments is, you know like those big games mm. when it, when there's nothing in it. If you don't take your you don't take your moments when you get that opportunity, some players step up, and you don't even sometimes there's a player that you don't even think think about. Um, it just comes out and has an absolute blinder. So, mm. that's going to be the difference on on Saturday night is who does take those big moments when they do present themselves uh, and, and converts them. And who do you think it is? Uh look for me, I I think Bodie Barrett has had a had a sort of a, a mediocre series so far. For, for me, it's Bodie Barrett. You know, I think if mm. he can get that ten right, if they do the middle because that's where it's won. If they do the ruck and they do the middle, Bodie Barrett steps up. I think everything will fly off the back of him. But I don't think it's going to be as... I think it's going to be another tight one. Um, mm. When you ask about who wins, look, I know what Andy Farrell do. He'll sit the Orish down, and, and they would have all watched that game of the origin on Wednesday night because Farrell's a m- massive league fan. But he wouldn't be wor- worried about the origin. He'd be saying, here's the, here's the underdog. This is what they did when they just gave their heart, which you can't mm. monitor. You can't monitor heart, and that's what Queensland had on Wednesday night, and I'm expecting the Irish to bring that on 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 Saturday uh, Saturday night. But I I think the All Blacks will win. I think they should do the same thing. I mean, they need to they need to get that little bit of extra out, and uh, it's important that they go up a, and above what they what they normally do.
3: That extra is, is easy to get after a loss. Kempi like they don't need to look anywhere else for motivation. Just look straight in that mirror and those eyes will be looking straight back at you and it's yeah you don't have to go far um you know the pressure's on external pressure um you know people have a their say and and look yeah they're going to be they're going to be right up for this so i think for for the personnel changes gets me excited this is probably the top team like we've had covid stricken we've had yellow cards red cards so we haven't really had any consistency in the first 2 weeks you know, the coaches were out in that first week, and then we missed David Harvey. We had Will Jordan out with COVID, so we haven't seen that consistently uh, top team that I feel like this is the top team. I feel like this is our top team. Barrett at six, Watlock at lock coming in, David Harvey playing 12, and then you've got Will Jordan. We know how good he is. Will Jordan coming on the wing. And for me, Dane Coles. Dane Coles bringing a mongrel off the bench, a bit of an edge uh, in that back end of the forty. When you talk about origin, he's the guy that's going to bring that that Queensland mentality when he comes off the bench. Breakdown is the key, and um, I'm expecting that, that those boys to real put it in clinic there. So yeah, the changes and this is our top team.
2: Yep. He loud and clear is he and I think um, that Sam Whitelock conclusion you cannot overstate it just his calming presence what he's going to be able to do at set peace so here's what you've got mm. to say Ireland all day too many Dalklanders in the 23 the Dalklanders did well against the Crusaders not cheers Brian okay Brian I'd love to get Brian and Ken have a little debate <laughs> yeah or like a, a UFC fight get them in the octagon <laughs> uh, the, the All Blacks need to bring passion on Saturday night watch the Irish fans and players sing their national anthem and then watch the All Blacks half of them don't sing. Half of them don't know the anthem in today. It's the same with the crowd. Cheers, Charlie. Interesting take, Charlie, and there's Mm. nothing quite like that Irish passion. Hi, guys. Keep the faith. Of course, the ABs will win. Bet for the weekend. Any of the Barrett, anytime try score all back to win 1-12. Barry. Well, Barry, thank you for reminding me. We need one more Barrett try, and we cash in our $5 bet. So, three or more tries for the Barrett's uh, all together before Bodie the series it. it was paying five dollars and we had Geordie Barrett score in the first test uh, that wonderful pass from Aaron Smith we had Bodie score that jammy as try down in Dunedin it was so jammy do you know what that That with you gotta think that, that could have made the scoreline a lot different all of a sudden, it's looking like a true hiding. Um, but one more Barrett try. So I hear you loud and clear there, um, Barry. Good morning, team. No way the All- will the All Blacks lose this game. The back's against the wall. It just doesn't happen. Something builds within, makes them determined. Daggy will know the feeling. Yep, he's just spoken about it. looking in- at yourself in the mirror. Cheers. Have a great weekend. Go the ABs. Let's kick some ass. That's from Dave in Karaka. So... That's about it. Um, I think people are a lot of people are back in the All Blacks to lift, and I think there's a lot of reasons why you'd expect them to. But at the same time, the Irish aren't going away. And Kimpy, what you talk about that state of state of origin mentality. Do you see Dane Gagai? He oh. said he said he goes. Uh, he was asked about it, and he goes, "Oh, if I had my time again, yeah, I might do it differently, but I just thought." stuff it, it's state of origin. <laughs> yeah. So he's, that's, that's what, that's it. <laughs> that, 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 let me tell you, he just said, stuff it, it's state of origin. I'm going to let one go here. I don't care if I get suspended. It's my mates <laughs> I'm standing up for. It's my state I'm standing up for.
0: It was, uh, look, it was great. It was old school. Like that, like. Old oh, school. Man, I
2: got a phone call, a mate of mine, he never,
0: he never watched it because he had to go to work. So he got home and watched it. I was about, it was it eight o'clock last night and my phone beeped and he goes, Can you can I phone you? Can you phone me? I'm thinking, mate, what's going on? There's something going on. He goes, Did you see the game? I'm like, Yeah, man. I said, like, That was ages ago. He goes, I just watched it. And you know, that whole old school he go and he talked about that first ten minutes. Mate, three blokes being knocked out, all that fighting. What about eye and all this sort of stuff? I'm going, Man, that's that's origin. That's what it that's what it used to be like, you know. So yeah. um yeah, I watch the boys come out of the the um, at the gym yesterday. I watch the boys come out of the hotel in the morning. And they had a hard night, the Queensland boys. None of the players, if you're backing them and they're going back into their game this weekend, they're struggling. Seriously.
2: Yeah. Hey, love is your home for everything Thoroughbred Racing. Uh, very quickly. Now, Rua Kaka is racing tomorrow as well as Trenton. We've got the Wellington Hurdles and Wellington Steeple. Weather Watch. We've got to be on Weather Watch. Chris Gibbs is going to join us after 7, 7.40 this morning. He is a local trainer up at the beach there. He's got a crack team in on... Uh, saturday i think he's got plenty of winners actually so we'll ask him about those but he will also give us a lead on the track just one little update for you jodel and Gale, six dollars into four dollars fifty somebody has had a big bet or multiple big bets on jodel and Gale. she's the only market mover in the sprinters race race seven at ruakaka and the other one i said i'd tip you out yesterday morning van diesel race number four for kenny ray and williams to uh look I think Van Diesel's extremely unlucky last start. Race number four, number five, Van Diesel, $420.80, has got each way all day written all over it for me. So there's two. Like I, I think it'll I think it'll win.
3: Okay, Louis, I trust you.
2: Oh, <laughs> geez. It's, it's, I felt like you're looking at me in the mirror there. Oh, oh, he's on. He's on. No surprises here. 19 away from seven. 0800 Quizzy Dag time for a Friday. Come and see us. Take on the Quizmaster for a trip to the Gold Coast 500. If you win, you go on the draw with Willem and Travel and a $50 TAB bonus bet. Izzy's going to call because he's having a punt. 18 away from seven. (laughs) We'll see you on the other side. Quisydag. 14 minutes away from 7 o'clock, Oh eight hundred one five It is time for Quizzy Dag. Give us a call, but a little bit of a show update this morning, uh, a little bit of a change of plans. We've been chasing him all week because he is one of our goats of sports. So Bob Charles is up at the 150th edition of the Open. He won in 1963, the first left-handed to win a major. He is an icon, and he's going to join us after 7 o'clock this morning. So don't go anywhere. Make sure you're locked and loaded for that. We're one round into the Open, and we'll be joined by one of our greatest ever. Athletes, very, very excited for that. But right now,
4: you hear
3: me asking all these questions on your Radio Giving you the chance To head to The Gold Coast Five questions for the win Supercars on the line 0800-150-811 You're mine It's Quizzy Deck Give it a go, it's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke, it's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most? It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go! Alright, 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 let's rip straight into it, we're going to get Jade from Hamilton on, he's going to lead us off today, Anton you can have a little breather. Jade, good morning.
4: Yes, I love going first.
3: Yes. <laughs> here we go, bud. Here we go. Question, mate. Whitewash, here we go. Here we go. Question number one. Who leads the Open at what score? Who leads the Open and at what
4: score? <laughs> Nick Faldo plus 75. <laughs> <laughs> Jade.
3: Jade, Jade. Jade. <laughs> <laughs> lucky my man have a good day we're going to go to Jason in Auckland
2: how's we going good
3: thank you good thank you hope you're going well good luck for this one who leads the open and at what score Cameron Young at
0: 8 under nice Cameron Young
3: at 8 under correct question number two who is currently leading the men's championship tour on the World Surf League ah uh,
0: phone a friend oh, f- Holy Tornado Holy Tornado That <laughs> doesn't really help a
3: lot oh, uh, no, no, I'm out, sorry Oh, that's a tough clue That's a tough clue, but if you're a surfing fan you probably get it He just got knocked out anyway in, um, in J-Bay So we'll uh, have to go to Brenton Brenton, morning What's up, What's up brother Good morning Who currently brother? leading the men's Good, good, thank you. Who is currently leading the men's championship tour on the World Surf League? Is it Is it Philippe Toledo? Philippe the Tornado Toledo. Correct. Question number three. Yes. Who will wear the nineteen jersey for the All Blacks this weekend? Oh. I think Roger's twenty
5: three,
2: isn't he? Can I find a friend, Kempi? Shakira. Oh, I don't know. Come on. Shakira. Come
0: on. Think.
2: Shakira.
0: You know who Shakira is.
6: Yeah, she's a hot little
0: lady. <laughs> Shakira. Shakira.
6: Oh, I don't know, Ben.
3: I don't I don't know. The result. All,
0: right.
3: All right, Brenton. Sorry, brother. Have a good day. Luke from Dunedin. <laughs>
4: <laughs> morning.
3: <laughs> morning. Morning, buddy. Who'll wear the nineteen jersey? Uh,
4: Shakira Iwani.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Shakira Iwani.
3: Shakira <laughs> Iuani is correct. Oh, that's a tough clue. Good clue though, Kempi. Well done. Question really number good. four. Who is the leader of the Tour de France after a huge effort overnight? Uh we'll have to go with a clue on
0: that one. I'm going to go. Jonah loves vinegar. (laughs) Vinegar.
4: (laughs) Vinegar. Vinegar. Well done. Well done.
3: How you. Oh my lord, Kempi, you cracked me up. Here we go. Question number five What is the All Blacks record against Ireland in the last seven
6: matches? This is
0: unfair, this this question. Ooh,
5: All Black record.
6: It's
2: and
0: not really a good, good one. Five, four, three.
2: Three, four. I <laughs> Great guess.
3: Three, oh. Well done. Well done, Lukey. A little bit of a clue from Luke-y. campaign. Thank you. <laughs> three, four. What? Two,
4: three,
2: four. What? What? Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah what? So losses what? and wins what way three three
4: wins four losses
0: oh,
2: <laughs> oh. <There you> <laughs> yeah. just
3: a bit of clarity there lads come on can't give it away too easy don't
2: jump the gun this is my quiz okay <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, we asked for the all blacks record and he said three four so but yeah yeah three no. four could be three losses and four wins yeah yeah, no clarity. No, is in the detail. Hey, well, that's incredible, though. You know, isn't it? Uh, they never beat us for a century, and now in the last mm. seven, they're they're on top. They're on top. It's incredible. They genuinely have the wood over us, and that's why uh, this one. I'm a bit of a
0: superstitious dude, man. When I read that question this morning, I was like, "Hell, man! Who put that question in there?" Oh, there's no that's Kez, not on.
2: There's no kids mm. today, so it was me. Oh, the <laughs> kids not here. Nah, it's just Joey, Joey, Joe Chestnut and me. Kid's hit the wall, mate. He's been doing the netball all week. He's hit the wall. Oh, a little
3: Friday short week, lie, nice, okay.
2: <laughs> seven <laughs> away from seven. Kids, wake up. I'm sure he's listening. Uh, after this, we'll be back to wrap the hour with one or two more texts, and then Sir Bob Charles up after seven o'clock. Oh, can't wait for this one. Legend of New Zealand sport. Izzy, you asked the question, how do Aucklanders feel? Well, we had someone on double eight double three come through the temper Bay post text machine. How does an Aucklander feel? As strong as my feelings are towards Canterbury, and how poor it is that Eden Park hasn't been properly replaced. This is different. This is about the earthquake, and it's been really sad to see Christ. I miss out on the big events. Oh, and all blacks by twenty five. That's from Roy, and that's quite a nice message. Yeah,
3: that's a nice message from Roy. Appreciate that, mate. Um, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty, pretty tough down here for for they I've uh, endured a lot over the last ten years, and this will be just a little bit of a shining light on the city. And mate, it'll do us wonders. It'll do the city wonders for us to enjoy, and plenty of people outside of the outside of the district will be able to enjoy it as well. A few concerts coming this way, so coming up, looking forward to that unfolding. Maybe 10 years' time, it'll be finished, but anyway, unless we get a stadium. Anyway, so Bob Charles after seven, he's over in the UK, it'll be pretty special. I'm going to go get a McCafe about now, but here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Friday, the 15th of July, Friday. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on air, CNZ, just after seven o'clock here Appreciate you tuning in. Big hour ahead of us. We're going to talk to Chris Gibbs shortly. Waikato Racing Review. He's got a couple of big ones racing this weekend. And um, I might be on a couple. But anyway, looking forward to having a chat to him later on uh, in the morning. And then after 8 o'clock, we're going to chat to Patrick Tui-Polotu. He is in the All Blacks camp, and he is... Ready and firing. He'll give us a little inside look into how the week's been, the preparations and expectations going into Saturday's do or die in uh, Wellington at Sky Stadium. But right now, it's an absolute honour and privilege. I'm really nervous. I don't know why. I see Sir Bob Charles every uh, Wednesday at the golf course at Clearwater, but I've never had the balls to go up and say anything. But anyway, he's on our show and he's on the phone. There have been 149 of them and they never get old. The Open, what a tournament. And with so much history and connection to New Zealand, Round 1 has come to a close this morning with American Cameron Young firmly in control. Two shots clear at 8 under. But the leaderboard is scattered with the big names you expect. Throughout its storied history, the biggest names in golf have all won this tournament. For us here in New Zealand, 1963 will live on forever. The first lefty to win a major and a mammoth playoff to our very own sir bob charles we're lucky enough to welcome sir bob into the show now he's been up in the uk for the 150th celebrations and it's a pleasure to have him on the show evening sir bob how are you doing mate a uh, good evening i'm
5: um, quite well thank you yes
3: mate it's uh it looks like a pretty special occasion i've been uh watching it all on the tv and on the social media mate 150th does it ever get old for you mate does does that, ever, does that feeling of being back where you know, you've created so much history get old?
5: Uh, well, uh, no, I enjoy uh, being on the sidelines right now and uh, okay. watching the uh, action on television. Um, I went out this morning and uh, had a round of golf at uh, Dumbani, which is a new golf course here about 20 minutes from the old course And uh, played with the um, uh, well, the designer, architect, designer owner, um, uh, and uh, yeah, I I did all right actually. I lost one ball, shanked one, and um, (laughs) uh, had three birdies. Uh, I think I shot about seventy-five over seventy-seven, so uh, I was reasonably happy with that and. uh, I'm just a little sorry that I didn't get the opportunity to play the old course, which is a course I love uh, so much. And, uh, uh, have, uh, gone back a long, Well, 64 years since I first played, uh, the old course. And, uh, it doesn't change too much. Um, the weather doesn't change too much. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a great test of golf. And so I'm now on the sidelines, as I say, and, uh, Enjoying watching it on television.
0: So, Bob, have you enjoyed um, watching the players this time around on this uh, course and the way that they they play the course? And what's what do you see as the major difference uh, compared to when, I guess, way back when you played to today uh, with the course still playing the same?
5: Yes, well, uh, the the course is much longer than uh, when I first played here. It was about 6,500 yards. I think it's playing at about 7,300 yards. So what's that? That's 800 yards longer. Mm -hmm. And uh, originally, when I came here 64 years ago, every tee was beside every green. In fact, uh, you could actually stand on the green and hit your tee shots to the next hole. Uh, on, on many of the holes, but uh, it's been lengthened considerably to uh, accommodate the distance that these uh, young um, guns uh, hit the ball. In fact, I just watched, uh, I think Tiger hit a 400-yard tee shot on the um, uh, 14th hole, um, which is uh, quite exceptional. Uh, the ball is running hard and fast. And uh, there's about uh, the 12th hole. Everybody was driving through the green. Par four, 350 yards. Everybody's driving it through. And 18 has uh, seen a few shots on that. Uh, I watched, uh, well, in fact, I saw uh, Fox. He uh, hit it uh, Pin high left of the uh, green, and uh, did he finish with a three there or a four? I didn't, I didn't, I was distracted and didn't see his, uh, is he one under or two under? He's one under. He's one under. at he, he, oh, so he must have, he must have three putted from about 50 yards uh, off the, the side of the green on 18, but uh, no, it's, it's, uh, conditions are going to improve over the weekend. Tomorrow there's about an 80% chance of rain. It'll slow the course down somewhat, but the, uh, in the final two days the a uh, uh, little bit more sunshine and uh, the hard, back to the hard, fast uh, playing conditions. Oh, beautiful.
3: Yeah, it's been uh, fascinating to watch, actually, just seeing the bounce and the way they've had to play the game. It looks Bloody short to these players though. at the moment. They're all bombing about five or six of the greens. But for you, Sir so Bob, how, tell us about the wing. I saw the photo uh, the other day in front of the clubhouse with the past winners. There was Lee Trevino, um, yeah Tiger Woods, some absolute legends of the game, Darren Clark. What, what was that like for you, mate? Yeah, did you tell a few stories to, to the past winners?
5: Well, it's every year since I don't about 2000, um, every, well, sorry, not every year, every uh, year that we come back here to St Andrews uh, uh, on the Tuesday we uh, have a photograph taken in front of the Royal and Ancient Clubhouse and then we go inside and have dinner with a few of the members. Uh, I think off the top of my head there's something like 30. Uh, former winners here. Uh, the only ones missing, I think, were uh, Johnny Miller, Tony Jacklin, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, somebody was here and he did did he did not show. Oh, Mickelson, that's right. Yes, he uh, <laughs> uh, was uh, didn't want to show his face. I bet <laughs> I believe. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it, it's it's. Um, uh it's a, a, a great occasion get together and uh at the dinner i sat uh next uh, well between uh, nick faldo and colin um Marikama, uh the um well he's the defending champion uh colin and uh i had a little bit of a chat with him and uh he, it was his first time uh, here at uh, the old course and uh, uh, I was telling him to keep the ball out of the bunkers. That's where you're going to start dropping shots if you get in these bankers here, which are, uh, uh, well, you've probably witnessed a few shots going sideways uh, out of the bankers, which is the only option to uh, to take. To get, to get him out, that's right.
0: Hey, so, it when you go back, Um, to the old course. Is there some place there that you go and have a little whiskey that you really enjoy um, just the time and and somewhere that takes you back to that day you won that competition?
5: Uh, No, there are are many watering holes around the St Andrews. (laughs) Uh, I don't at uh, my age, I I don't participate in that. And uh, Mm. I, uh, well, right now I'm locked in my room at, uh, uh, here at the old course hotel, which, uh, you probably see on television and, uh, waiting for room service to uh, knock on my door. Um, but, uh, no, I don't get around as, as much as, uh, well, I, n- I never did actually. Uh, I was, uh, early to bed, early to rise, um, and uh, no, I, I left the parting to the uh, the spectators. I, I don't think you find too many of the the young pros today uh, participate in um, uh, those kind of uh, situations. It's uh, it's all full on you, uh, from uh, when arrival with three practice rounds and uh, uh, and uh, right throughout the tournament. so it's uh, you, you get, plenty of sleep and uh, and preparation for the next day. So, uh, uh, no, I used to have a, well, uh, I'm fond of room service as I'm having tonight and uh, uh, one glass of red wine, Merlot, which uh, supposedly is going to uh, wash down well with my uh, filet mignon. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, filet mignon! Oh, lovely, mm. love it. Yeah, well, and I might add, I might add that I chased that down with a sticky toffee pudding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my favourite. <laughs>
3: sticky, sticky, sticky toffee pudding. Well done. Enjoy that meal. Just quickly, I'm gonna ask you about New Zealand golf. How, how proud are you of uh, Ryan Fox, Lydia Co. We've got so many. You got Ben Campbell. Um, I don't know what Ben Campbell ended up uh, on today, but how proud are you of New Zealand golf at the moment? It's in good stead, isn't it?
5: Well, yes. Yes. So it's great that they've got the opportunity to play in all these events uh, around the world. I think Ben actually had uh, was two over. I think that somebody uh, I think he had a six, was it, on 17? I think he was even playing 17 and and had a six there. Uh, Don't quote me on that but but that's what I heard second hand and uh, Mm. no New Zealand golf is looking good I'm I'm, uh, following Amelia Garvey and the second tier uh, ladies tour in the USA Um, she hasn't had any wins yet but uh, she's got the game and uh, uh, well I, I hate to say it but I did have a round with her before she headed for the United States and and she was 70 yards on the average uh, past me off the tee, which uh, was a little embarrassing. And uh, with, with the thought of, uh, you know, what, am I, what am I doing, continuing to play at this uh, at this <laughs> st- stage of my career? But I enjoyed playing with her, and uh, uh, she's one of many talented uh, players we've got uh, coming up.
3: I actually seen that Sir Bob. I was watching your game um I was playing Clearwater on the other fairway, and I've seen that she's a very talented golfer, but mate I've seen you hit a few balls and we're all hitting pitchy wedges and you're you're planting a five iron inside us <laughs> from from way back, mate, so you've still got game you you're still thoroughly enjoying your golf too, sir Bob
5: well yeah i uh I enjoy the good shots and uh um don't uh exactly want to um talk too much about the bad shots. Uh today in fact I the with the wind ball I lost I shanked it with a six iron on a par three and uh never to be seen again. And uh I I still have the odd shank uh too. It never it, it's a big surprise when I when I hit it. It went at forty oh no, hold on. Uh, forty five degrees is uh yeah, it, it um no, it, it didn't quite go forty five degrees, but it was uh it was a bit of a shocker and uh, surprise, and uh, yeah, but um, no, I enjoy getting out there in the fresh air, and the sunshine, the exercise, and and I think that uh, it's probably contributed to my longevity. Uh, uh, it, it it's a it's a healthy uh, walk on the golf course is healthy exercise.
0: Hey, so Bob, who do you, so who you got your money on to win this tournament?
5: Uh, well, um, I understand uh, Foxy's a good bet at uh, 90 to 1. I, I well, that was the odds I did here 90 to 1, so he's worth a pound or two. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think McElroy's looking pretty good, a good start. He knows the course uh, well, and uh, uh he's uh, what is he? Two? Did he finish five or, or yeah, Six, five? Seven. I think he's uh, two or three behind. Um, uh, and I like the chances of somebody who is, uh, knows the course well. Um, I think it's a course you you learn to know over a period of time, and uh, he's been able to do that. And and uh, so uh, I think I don't know what his odds are. Probably even money. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, he's probably even money he was paying nine dollars at the start of the, the tournament to get the job done So I'm pretty sure he would have he would have came in I've just had a message come in before we quickly let you go I've had a text message come through from Mark Shaw from PGG right since he said the grass on the greens at Dunbarney is named after Sir Bob Charles Browntop So there you go. That's why you shot 70 mate. They They're your greens
5: uh well, th- they have a mix actually. Uh, I think it's something like seventy percent fescue and and thirty uh, percent brown top, which uh, comes from uh, from Canterbury, New Zealand, uh, where it guys. was grown and uh, produced. And uh, no, I'm very proud of having my name on the uh, on the brown top, which which they're using here. And uh, uh, it's uh the Greens they've had trouble with the Greens, not through any not through the grass, but uh mainly through the climatic conditions and treatment which they've been putting on them. Uh but uh they putted rather well today, a little on the slow side, but uh they're putting very well and uh I would uh re- recommend anybody who's got a chance to uh play Dumbani. It's uh uh, well, of course, the L course is the, the epitome of, of uh, the courses here. And uh, uh, the uh, – uh, where were we? I've now lost them. Uh, Dumbani is uh, a good alternative to Kingsbarns and um, uh, the various other golf courses here in this this area.
3: Beautiful, Sir Bob. We appreciate you coming on the show, mate. We'll let you get back to your, to your beautiful room service with the finish off a sticky toffee date pudding. Enjoy, mate. Thank mm. you so much.
5: Well, I enjoyed the chat and uh, the show, and uh, you um, uh, do a good job there, and uh, we, maybe we'll have a game when we get back in the, in the summer.
3: I'd love to, Sir Bob. I'll, I'll hold you to that. I'll come mm. tap on your mm. shoulder, and I'll, I'll play you the recording when you said that. Thank you very much. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well well done. All the best. Yeah. Thank you.
3: Sir Bob Charles out of the UK. Oh, he's still got a bit of wit on him, eh? And he, what, a, leg- honestly, what a legend. He, he- He's he's eighty he's eighty plus 86. and he's shooting eighty six and he's shooting seventies <laughs> mid seventies mate. I'm, I'm thirty four and I'm struggling.
0: Straight <laughs> up, it is freakish what he can do. And, and only and he's worried he lost the ball. He's hitting 76 at, at 86 years. Old. I saw your face when he said that, mate. I'm like,
2: wow. It makes you wonder what what a guy like him could do with, well, he has with the technology now, but when he's in his prime, you know, the the clubs and the technology they were using, the balls that they were using, the courses they were playing on back then when he won the. And a 36 hole playoff, don't forget, in 63. A 36 play, hole playoff. So I saw um, Tiger Woods this week made a comment about the LIV golfers that they want to play three rounds and 72 holes is too many for them. And he said, do you realise that there were guys that founded this game that were not that long ago playing 36 hole playoffs in majors? And that's that's where this game has come from. And you're saying that 72 holes is too long for you. And you don't get enough time with your family. Like, reality check. Mm. And that's to Bob. That's his era. Icon. What a great New Zealander.
3: Icon. I remember this. We played the par 3 golf uh, competition at the Hills and there's a little Part three comp. Anyway, we're all hacking it around this course. So Bob gets up on the ninth hole at the part three course at the hills and hits a hole in one. That's <laughs> a five iron hole in one. Oh, that's my 20th hole in one. I've never even threatened the hole once, mate. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm giving up,
2: man. He's golden. <laughs> hey, anybody had any experiences with Sir Bob Charles coming through? 0800 811 the Kennard Tire phone line. Or leave us a text 8833. Frazee says, absolute champion. Great get, boys, on the Temper B Post text machine. Thank you, Frazee. Uh, after this, we've got Kempe off the back fence looking forward to that. It was Sir Bob Charles, this is Izzy and Kempy for breakfast here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp.
0: There's a lot of unhappiness with the coaching structure of the All Blacks at the moment. For me, it has to do with the introduction of a scientific technical approach as opposed to good old-fashioned coaching philosophy. Since the introduction of data and monitored workloads, players and coaches have found themselves being held accountable to the numbers a computer spits out, rather than good old-fashioned player heart and coaching instinct. The players today are chipped up to the max, where in GPS units they monitor their every move. But one thing this tech can't do is monitor their heart, and by this I mean their backstory and their drive to succeed. And here's the, here lies the problem. Instead of employing the best coaches that don't rely on AI... We employ PhDs that come with a raft of statistics and numbers but don't understand what really makes a player tick. We're better off hiring the coaches that players respect and want to play for before anything else. Coaches who don't just rely on statistics or data and can get you to punch well above your weight because you believe in their coaching over anything else. Someone you would walk into the trenches with. We could do so much better in our selection at this level. So it all starts by selecting a coach that players love and would do anything for, Rather than a bunch of analytical gurus who punch numbers, rather than punching above their weight,
3: off the back fence with Tony Kemp, bang, bang, Kempy. Yeah, there's a lot of data and a lot of statistics out there now that um, that players and coaches have access to. Look, this is a huge weekend. This is a huge weekend. A huge Saturday for your base. I, I if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't. I know you know that fozzie has got the trust and and the belief uh, from his change room. Uh, maybe the public out there probably think otherwise, but I think this is a huge weekend for the assistants um, to really showcase their foothold on this team. Um, they're the ones doing the coaching. They are the ones that, that do the game plan, the structures, uh, all of the above. What you see on the field, that is from the assistants. So it's a huge weekend for Plumtree, Greg Feek, and Brad Moore to really show... That they are innovative and they have a plan B if plan A doesn't go ahead. So, yeah, this is I think this is huge. The Saturday to, to really get a, a nutshell on what's going to happen if they don't get the job done. Oh, it's going to be um, some big big talks going um, post that, post this weekend.
2: Make or break, more than a test tomorrow night. All Blacks, Eden, uh, All Blacks, Ireland at. Sky Stadium in Wellington. Stronger, cheaper spray and go buy Lifestyle Focus. Eliminate moss mould and lichen fast with the new powerful spray and go products, lifestylefocus.co.nz. That was off the back fence with Kimpi and Lifestyle Focus. And after this, where we get to health, the useful Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand, it's the Choices Flooring Poll, and I'm going to take a coaching flavour to it. We're going to talk international head coaches in the rugby realm and who is a top of the pack. <laughs> 27 away from 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, We're going to chat racing with Chris Gibbs up at the beach at Ruakaka where the surf meets the turf. Really looking forward to getting stuck in to that because there are winners galore up north. I promise you that this weekend. Well, Kimpy, that's some massive accusations you're making there. Artie spoke during the week saying the team is right behind and trust Sam and Fozzie. Why won't the media believe that? That's why. The public won't. That's from Cam. And Izzy, you kind of just addressed that before. You, you think that the players are backing Ian Foster? Yeah, yeah.
3: They're 100% backing Ian Foster. Um... You know, from what I'm hearing, that they've got his, their, their full support with with Fozzy. And, and I've been coached by Fozzie, mate, and and I've got a lot of respect for him and what he's able to do. Like you think back when Fozzie was uh, in charge, you know, he had a golden era. Let's be honest, but mate, he was doing wonders. The All Blacks' back play was great. Uh, the structures were, that he instilled in the All Blacks were innovative, and they 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 did the job for those eight that eight year period. Now at the moment. We've got a new assistant, and and, and Fozzy's got to take a little bit of that because he's obviously gone out and picked his assistants. But this is a huge weekend for his assistants to really show their cards. They are the other ones out there doing the coaching. They're the other ones running the lineouts. They're the other ones giving the the game plan, the structures off nine, off 10 the other ones giving the backline moves. You know, the moves we see off set piece. Those are what you train all week. So I wanna see some variations, some something that's innovative that makes you go, Wow, how did that happen? And that is Brad Moore. So Brad Moore's gonna have a huge weekend, Plum Plumtree's gonna have a huge weekend, the scrum's gotta be strong with Greg Feek. So yeah, I hundred percent know that the players love what Fozzie's doing and what he brings to this team.
2: You know, at some stage, and we're going to have this discussion next week, Kimpi, because we've got a test match to get through. There's so much water to go under the bridge. It's actually a, t- a torrent, isn't it, to go under the bridge first. But we will have the discussion about the coaching side moving forward. And there's got to be some culpability on New Zealand rugby here who appointed this team because when they appointed Ian Foster, they appointed Ian Foster with the coaching backroom staff that he had there, so... You can't just pretend like they, you know, there had to be foresight involved. They had two paths to go down, and they went down this one. So it's kind of sleeping the bed that you made it to this point, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the point I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make is that, like, when you're at that that level, like, who and how and what is your best team? You know, I, I remember, you know, when I was coaching, we had heart rate monitors. We didn't have GPS units. They weren't they weren't the norm. Pre two thousand and five, you know what I mean. So, these days you've got a lot of analytical um, data that coaches rely on, and therefore put it up against the player and measure it, and say, "Well, this is what the data is telling us." So we're going to we're going to select them. It's a big part of the selection process. Now, pre two thousand and five, coaches went on instinct, on philosophy, on how to get people up, and knew how to do that. I think Billy Slater's shown that on Wednesday, like. You take that Queensland team, for instance, and how much more did he get out of them? He didn't get out of them that with a GPS unit. He touched on their, on their heartstrings and, the, and their passion. If you think about the best guys we've got around the world, what I'm saying is, what is your best team?
2: Yeah, Kempi and, and that's a really good lead-in for me, mate. Well, I'd see the, choices for him, see the floor change in an instant with RoomView because that's where I want to take the choices for him poll today because there are so many people doing it well and finding that mix of data with human touch. So head to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast in the SENZ app right now. You can click on the stream and you can have your choice. Vote in the poll. I want to ask you nice and simple. The international rugby coaching landscape, while it's a it's a fickle one, it's a funny one, because a lot of the world's best coaches aren't coaching international teams at the moment. But we have a stack of really great ones. Ian Foster, Jacques Nenibar, coaching the South Africans, the Springboks, Andy Farrell, I mean, how much appreciation is fares as they affectionately call him getting at the moment. Every column Warren Gatlin's writing around the world, he's saying he's a defensive genius and he's a man-manager that can't be rivaled at the world stage. Dave Rennie, we know that the Chiefs and Waikato contingent love to talk about how much of an inspiration he is as a man-manager. Jamie Joseph is a guy who's probably been severely and significantly underrated his whole career coaching Japan. Eddie Jones, well, he's an enigma but he's up there and he's doing a job with England at the moment. Or Fabien Gauthier, who right now is probably the hot name in world rugby as his as, as young French side is. So who is currently the best head coach in world rugby, is he? I
3: think it'll be easy for people to just go straight for the French team because of, of what they've been able to achieve over last year or so with Fabien Gauthier. Uh, but for me, I'm going to I can't go, I'm probably going to be as Kempe with, he's had a lot to do with this guy, Andy Farrell. Like, I just love what he's about. Like, after a loss, he's still the same demeanour. After a win, he's still the same demeanour. Like, he just doesn't change, mate. And, and from a coach, you want that. He wants that consistency, consistency in reactions, tempers, and and, and, the, and their messaging out there. So for me, it'd have to be Andy Farrell, mate. Like, what he's done with a, an Irish side that, you know, he's inspired them. He's made them believe that that they can do anything in a series win in New Zealand. He's making them believe that they can do that and they've got an opportunity this weekend. So I I have to go Andy Farrell for me. You you Kempi?
0: Yeah, look, I like, I really like Dave Rennie. I think you know that guy. If he's got the right team around him, especially in a New Zealand climate, he understands a, a hell of a lot how to get the best out of them. But when you when you stick the jigsaw pieces together, Andy Farrell has come to New Zealand. He's called a guy. He's called a dairy farmer off Taranaki to come to his team. You know, he's phoned a guy who's had to come out of the the islands, um, the Cayman Islands, on holiday to come in and fill in the hooker for the z- second team up against a New, a New Zealand Marley this week. So he can bring people together, but the other part about that is he doesn't have the, the sanctum of players like the All Blacks, the English, and the Austra- uh, not the Australians, the mm-hmm. French, of depth. And he gets the best out of people. He's a hybrid coach. I would call it a hybrid coach. He's come from rugby league. He understands defensive structures, which is what is the big change in rugby union, but he understands people.
2: And that's, that's why I've got him on the top. And while obviously Joe Schmidt built this Irish empire, but you've got to say at the moment, Kempe's taken it to another level. And with a World Cup next year... And a massive test match likened to a World Cup tomorrow. It's hard to back against Andy Farrell. Go to the Choices flooring poll in the app. SCNZ is in for breakfast. After this, it's Chris Gibbs up at the beach at Royal Kaka. SCNZ and we are a quarter of a way from eight. We're going to catch up with Chris Gibbs hopefully before the end of this hour. Uh, There's a couple of really good texts here though. One from Chris. It's like when a CEO comes out in the NRL saying the coach won't get fired. Arty is just backing a dead horse one last time. It's pretty ruthless from Chris there, is he?
3: It is, it is. Look, they know, they know. that. Look, the players are always going to have their coaches uh, backing at heart. But for me, if I've been coached by Fozzie, so I, I'm, I believe I can have an opinion on this because I've been there and I've, I've been a part of it. I actually think he's a generally good coach. He coached us really well. He gave us the tools necessary. He made us believe. He inspired us. He was innovative. And he, he did that. I just think he's got it wrong in the back room that's where I think this problem lies. And the head coach is always going to get the problem, um, going to get the blame where things aren't going too well. I just think, <clears throat> at the moment, we're just we're just not really doing enough to be a step ahead of, of everyone else around the world. And that comes from your assistants, because they are the one doing all the coaching. They are the one on the field, hands on, nailing all the skills. You talked about skills, basic skills at the start of the week, Gimpy. Those are your assistants. Those are the guys, that, the, the skills coaches. Are they doing that work? I don't know. I have been in there for a very long time. But when I was in there, those are the skills we nailed every single day. You had Mick Byrne in there. You had e- uh, Ian Foster in there. Nailing your catch, your pass, the basic fundamentals of playing rugby. Whether they're doing that now or not, I don't know. But from the start of the week when you talk about, spoke about unforced errors and uncharacteristic errors from the All Blacks that we saw that was un-All Black-like, well, maybe they're not. So
0: well, uh, yeah, I, yeah. No, know I hear what you're saying, mate. I've been in plenty of teams where the the coaching staff have been average. You know, like and and good some good names as coaches too that went on their coaching journey and they were they were average and it, and it lost the the playing group. And I, you know, when you say lost the playing group, people, you know, are, are talking. Oh, they've lost the change rooms. You you don't lose the change rooms. What you do is you lose um, the player's respect because he doesn't respect what you're teaching them because it doesn't line up to what they're actually doing out on the football field. Mate, I had a coach at, at my level, all right? Came to training one day, told grown men that from a penalty tap, tap the ball, I want the defense to come up, I want you to kick it face your own try line and kick it over your head and I want the tallest guy in the in the team to run up and catch and score a try. When I was told that as a as a international by this coach, I looked around at the at international sitting next to me in the changing room, and we just started to giggle. And when we walked out of the training pitch, we went, that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, mm. we're not tapping the ball and kicking it over the back of my head I'm not going to tap it and kick it over the back of my head and give it straight back to them full back, alright you get the ball, you run and get tackled
2: <laughs> and Kempi, actually funnily enough, Mark on double eight double three was exactly asking for that, he said do you guys have any stories about when a coach lost the room and that's exactly what you're talking about, a PJ says yep, you bang on there Kempe, take a kid his numbers are great but he never hits at heart performance on the field, we all see it I feel for RTS, he's been set up to fail to replace a midfield brack in the first test Roger has to, does it, if he, if he has to replace a midfield back. He has to go 79 minutes. We all saw him not camp with camp with Crusaders in the Super Rugby final. He's not ready. Interesting point from PJ and we can discuss uh, RTS a little bit later on next hour. And boys, what player is ever going to say they don't back the coach? There's a contract. There's a contract gone. We played for a coach that was a star player but everyone believed he was a brilliant coach but he wasn't. He didn't have the team and his ways didn't fit the players selected for the type of game he wanted to play. It was a fail set up. If I asked every player to back him, you would be gone, and we knew it. At the end of the average season meeting, we told him, and he didn't reapply. Great bloke, a great player, not a coach. Speaking of superstars going into coaching, Benji Marshall's going to have a crack at it after a two year apprenticeship wow. with Tim Sheens. Bombshell news yesterday, boys, and the texts on 8833 are steaming in. But we've got to shoot off because after this, Chris Gibbs from the beach is going to join us for Waikato Stud Racing Preview. It is 11 away from 8. Izzy and Z, we're five minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Let's talk some racing, boys. Uh, Izzy, you've been scratching around for a punt this week, haven't you? Come
3: on. Yes, please, I am. I I'm, I'm need one. I okay. need one. This guy's going to give it to me. My well, white cuddle stud. Let's do it. Your you want, me, you want me to do it? Ah, yeah, you yeah, do it. Get into it. Okay. 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 White cuddle stud is your source for a race horse. And there are plenty of white cuddle stud bred runners in action around the country today at Ricketon and then tomorrow at Rock Kaka and Trent Thim. Chris Gibbs is on the line. Morning, Chris.
6: Morning, guys. How are you?
3: Oh, we're up and about, mate. What's the excitement like up at the beach, Chris? There's some really good prize money on offer and some very even fields filling them out, isn't there?
6: There is. It should be some a real good punt today. We're, yeah, we're expecting a um, big crowd. Lots of uh, everything we've put on has been snapped up by people. So we're looking for. But there's plenty of room for anyone that wants to just rock up on the day. Um, but nah, plenty of excitement. Like you said, it's going to be a big one, I hope.
2: Hey, uh, why could I start Racing segment, so let's just skip straight to the... Should we go to the end? Should we do it in reverse, Chris? Uh, Cake by the ocean, how good's he going? And does he just send punters home with pockets full in the last? <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, I, if he can do what he did last time, I'd be um, very happy. His work's been super, really happy with him. He's eating, doing everything right. So pretty short, though, but uh, hopefully he'll, he'll help the punters out in the last, absolutely. It is a th- these I'm happy with
2: them. Th- that's awesome, and these it's, winter inspire f- me, Chris. Inspire <laughs> me. That's not very
3: inspiring. Come on. <laughs>
6: <laughs> you want to be inspired? Oh my God, Jesus! That puts pressure on. Well, put it this way: one of the owners is flown in from Australia for the race. How's that? <laughs>
2: there there go. we go, that's what I needed <laughs> That's the <a> tipping point <laughs> okay. that, That's the gravy, how about this How about this, Chris We spoke a while ago um, Narinci and Cruzy Lass were in the same race It was actually not a bad form race yeah. And Cruzy Lass, yeah. look, goes into this 3 year old uh, winter championship Final, ITM jib, great to have their sponsorship Across the day, it's an even field But I think Cruzy Lass up over the mile With the lighter weight from a good barrier And a senior jockey on Is overs at 8.50 and 2.70 Would I be on the right track?
6: Very happy with her work, it's been super. Um, I mean, this is the race that I've targeted with all these horses, to be honest, that are running today. I mean, it was a matter of qualifying them and building them and getting them here. So, real happy with her. Her run was super the other day. She got held up quite a bit. You would have seen it top of the straight, you know, um, and uh, really found the line the last bit. So, and that was 1400. So, we always thought that's going to be a bit short. So, the mile, good draw. Like you said, you've pretty much nailed it. I think she'll be a super chance. I know.
0: Chris, I know you're on the sand up there, and um, it'd be soaking up a bit of water. But we've had plenty in the last week. What's it like? What's the track conditions?
6: Yeah, I mean we've we've been getting it too. It's it's blown through last night, um, so we've sort of got it before everyone else is getting it. Uh, but um, we galloped on it yesterday when the rain was around, and uh, on the outside, of the course, proper, and it's you know would have run the old sort of dead five, maybe. Um, nice. it, it's super track to have, and there's four meters of new ground. They've moved the rail back to the true position. So, um, no, I think even with everything will get its chance. Uh, it could well play to the rail early in the day, anyway, with that new ground. It would be interesting to see what happens there with those um, 1200 races. Will give you a pretty good line.
2: You've got Chevron drawn out wide in the Stayers final. I mean, how good is he going? And some great colours as well. They're fun yeah. owners to have on board. But who's who's backed this? 280 into 220, and is, is that yeah. money? Is that money, money what we'd call smart, Chris?
6: Well, I, I, you know, if he, he's only got to run up to how he, what he did last time, and I think we've got him in the same order. Uh, draws a bit awkward, you know, out there, but it, he's got good gate speed. He should be able to go forward. He doesn't necessarily have to lead. It. You know, the race before over a mile, he just let something go forward and he set back off them. And so, you know, I, I think he's a big chance. Um, the other horse, don't dismiss him if you're having multiples because, you know, it wasn't a very good ride last time, Max. Uh, he's drawn a bit awkwardly too, but he just needs to be ridden ridden forward. He loves being ridden forward. This is a race to set him for too. So Chevron is flying, but the other horse would be is good value. Excellent. Good
2: value. Love it, mate. It's going to be such a good day up at the beach. There's chances across the board. Um, look, the, the other three that I'd headline with, uh, Cake by the Ocean, um, Chevron, and Cruzy Lasper, as you say, you got chances in every race, yeah. and you always want to back the locals right at the beach. Chris Gibbs, fantastic trainer up there at Ruakaka. Izzy, you can have a bet, mate. You can have a bet. Chevron into Cape by the Ocean. Cruisy Lassa Place. Three-leg Chris Gibbs multi-special.
3: Beautiful. I will, Lily. I will <laughs> for sure. I've already had one, but, I, I, yeah, look, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, okay, got a couple connectors going throughout. Anyway, coming up, we're going to talk something. Anyway, we'll have to track down I'm a cafe coffee. It's <laughs> our so an to get away shape in New Zealand. Liam's come through Israel. Izzy, is his record as head coach for the Chiefs and the All Blacks is awful. When he coached you, he was an assistant. Maybe that's his best role, and Liam, maybe that is his best role. An assistant, maybe his best role. Um, he coached me and his head coach role um, career. It has been, you know, pretty pretty wavered at the moment. But hey. I've been coached, and, and he is a good man. He's a good man, and maybe he hasn't got the back room uh, quite right. That's, a, that's a great him. text, is he?
0: That is, a, Honestly, mm. that there is a great text. A be, his mm. best role as assistant, I'll tell you why. My best my best role was an assistant. All right, mm. I, was, I wasn't I was ready for head coaching. Um, I've always said that. I don't hold any, any um, qualms about saying that. But I was a very good assistant. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Sometimes you do, mate. That's that's your role. Like, know your role. Know you sit on the bus. We talk about it all the time, and I just think what well, the point you're making in and around the systems. Man, they got to be good. They've so got to be I've never really
3: coached, Kempy. You've coached. You've coached. So what, what 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 is the biggest difference from when you're head coach to, to be a why, why would you you know what. Why is it like that?
0: Why were you a better assistant than head coach? Well, head coach has to be bad cop and good cop. You know, he has to to be able to walk in and out of that realm um, without holding on to any emotion, whereas whereas assistant is good cop. You know what I mean? So you've got to have the players on your side uh, 24-7. You've got to be there for them. And you've got to be giving them the knowledge that they need so that they trust you because you're doing all the ana- analysis and you're delivering on on um, tactics. You know, I've, I've done both offence and defence. I'll never forget, we're playing Newcastle um, one year up at Newcastle and I'd been watching Newcastle. year. Joey was on fire. Joey was on fire up Newcastle, but... I'd worked out this offensive game plan, and I said, we're just going to go behind the ruck, OK? And I went and talked to the middle players. I talked to Jerry Susu, and I said, you're going to lead us down the middle of the ruck. Just get off one off the ruck, get to the A defender and chop off your outside foot and go directly back behind the ruck. And we're going to make them travel back an extra two metres on every tackle. So that Joey can't get on the front foot, and he's going to we're going to tire him out by making his middle work really, really hard, so they can't carry the ball out. They've got to go back another two meters. So if you add it over a period of time, it gets more distance that they have to travel, and they tied. And Jerry come off the off the pitch. We won that game, and Jerry come off the pitch and just went pitch and just went great game game plan, Kempy. You know what I mean? Mm. And they and and you've got to have that trust because basically asking them to follow follow you was something that they. You know, they just want to play football, but you got to, you they got to understand what you where you're going and trust that you you're sending them in the right place.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally totally agree with you there. The good cop, bad cop, probably rings out for me. Like <clears throat> Fozzie, I've, I've touched on him before, he's a lovely guy, he's a lovely bloke. <clears throat> Sorry, I just had to have a cough there. Um, he's a, he's a good man, and I like he's a good cop. He, like he can be a good cop easily, but when it comes to the situation where he's got to be bad cop, that's the one question mark that I probably had. Like i never really seen him fire up. I've never really seen him um, demand the best and expect the best, you know, when it comes to a situation when things aren't going quite right, where Steve Hansen, mate, wow, well, you wouldn't want to get on the bad cop's side because he's just ruin you and just put you in your place uh, from the get-go. So that's the only question marks that I had with Fozzie was he's able to be the good cop, but when it comes to being the bad cop, he'd probably struggle in that area. But overall... Uh, uh, I feel like he's a good coach, but you've touched on it with the, with the tactical side of things, the technical side of things. Maybe the assistants aren't quite doing that, and we'll have to wait and see, so yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and look, a lot of the boys, especially in my area, because they're such good blokes, you know, Monte Arwen, um, Sione, Ali, we had a premiership winning side. They don't talk about it, you know, because that's, yeah. their, that's their culture, you know, they're, they're not going to say bad things about people. But me and Ando had good cop, bad cop down pat, like, he could scream and kick holes in walls like there was no tomorrow, mate. And he would come into training rooms and he would rip threads off players. I mean, like, say things <laughs> to them that was borderline. You, you I, I would sit standing there uh, sometimes think, mate, someone's going to get up and smack you in a minute if you don't be quiet. Because um, he never came from the game and he didn't really understand the culture, but he'd take it right to the line. Take it right to the line. And the amount of the times that I, I followed blokes into another room because they'd had enough and had to cuddle them and say, hey, look, this is what he's saying. OK, we need you to go out there. We need you to do this. OK, don't don't take those words to heart. Now, just get out there and show them that you can do it. And then they'd go out and they'd perform, mate. And it was like the amount of, amount of times we had to repair holes and doors and and, and footwells, you know, down the bottom underneath, just because Ando would lose, lose the plot. Unbelievable. You know, he ran that line... Really, really well, and we got the best out of mm-hmm. players. You know, the the problem with that good bag, um, good cop, bad cop is that it needs to, it has to evolve, and unfortunately, yeah. f- at for Ando, it never evolved. Um, back in back in our day, so yeah, man, it's a it's a real fine line these days with with your coaches and how you get your mix right. You know, it's got me thinking. Uh, I love that coaching realm because they they're really smart people. You know, they're analytical brains. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at what Billy Slater's done. You know, he's He's come into the coaching arena with no experience yet. What he did with this Maroons team on Wednesday night is probably done more for him as a coach of the future than, you know, any PhD or, or study that he's going to do how to be a coach um, will ever get him. And for me mm-hmm. that's that's the um, I reckon that at international level, Izzy, and you know this. When you're playing that high level football, now you know when you said you look in the mirror and they see that guy looking back at you? I remember that. I remember standing in the mm. Poonamu over in the shore, playing Australia in in, um, in Auckland, and all I could think about, you know, I'm up against Mel Meninga today, and, you know, man, here's the best centre in the world. You know, I've got to go out there, and I'm looking back at myself in the mirror and going, you know, this little kid from Waitara going through my, my life, you know, geez, man, who would have thought you're standing out there in front of it? And by the time I'd finished looking at myself and going, yeah, man, you got it. <laughs> let's get, let's get mm. out there. And it's just that you've got to get that to that just that next level. And I reckon a, co- a really good coach does that for people. You know, they take yeah, a him coach, just that I, little bit further.
3: A, a coach that inspires. And look, if I'm going to be <clears throat> sorry, completely honest about uh, Scott Robinson, like Scott Robinson has built a, a world-class coaching team around him. You've got Jace Ryan, who I arguably think is the best Ford coach in the world. He is currently the best Ford coach in the world. He's coaching Fiji at the moment. The what he's been able to do, yes, he's got quality players in the Crusaders, but what he's been able to do, you think four to five years, no one has scored a rolling mall try against the Crusaders. And and, and there's no magical formula to that. I've spoken to guys in the line Kieran Reid, big influence in that lineup. It's all upstairs, mate. It's all upstairs. Getting your body and, and your head into those dark crevices in that mall and just stopping and the want to stop them getting over the line every single time. And, like, so so, so Robinson has built a world-class team around him. If I'm going to be completely honest, Scotty, he isn't probably he, – he knows the game, and he's innovative with what he does, but he's not really probably the most tactical and technical coach I've ever had. But what he's able to do is he's able to inspire, like Billy Slater, inspire his players, get a real deep connection with them that is more than just rugby. It is, it is life. And that's what the best coaches do, and that's how you 100%. get the best out of them. And Gig has come through, sorry, Louis. Gig has come through and asked me the question, can you tell us what Fozzie is actually like as a coach? Is he a people person? Is he approachable? Can the players relate to him? Can he G up the boys when needed and be honest? Uh, From my personal experiences, Gig, he is. He is a coach that is a people, he is very, very approachable, but his biggest asset, and this is only speaking from my experiences, he is loyal. He is loyal to you and to, 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 to his team members, through and through mate he showed me loyalty throughout the years when I was playing horrible horrible and he had a real uh, care for me and he gave me the time when other coaches would just throw you under the bus and, and threw you out but he believed in me so he is loyal he's approachable the only hard thing is, is when it's when he needs to be tough can he be tough yeah he grabbed me a little bit but was I scared probably not <laughs> you know so <laughs> look.
0: only coach I was ever scared of was my old man <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like for, for me, from my experience, I, I I do think Fozzie is a good coach.
2: 800 Come through on the Kennard's iPhone line. And personal experiences at any level. What what does a coach do for you and what do you want your coach to do for you? And and, and where does that connection come from? And do you see that anywhere at top-level rugby at the moment? Right now, the choices for in poll is in the app. You can go click on the Izzy and Kempi for Breakfast stream and let us know who the best international rugby head coaches at the moment because there's an argument to be made that the best coaches in the world aren't coaching at international level at the moment which is a strange one. Uh, there's some great texts here, one from Aparahama Morning boys, Sean Edwards is a key part of the successful team setups ups in recent years. Wales and now France, not a head coach but he should yeah. be. Yeah, great cool. Sean Edwards is doing a hell of a job and cool. It is equally just about as Izzy and Kempe have explained what an assistant coach does or the technical staff do for a head coach. There's a good conversation to be had here about RTS men, and we've unfortunately the All Blacks have decided that, that we can't have anybody this morning, so that's a bit of a shame at quarter past eight. But um, we can should we have a conversation around Roger Tuivasa-Shek and
0: Yeah, look, I don't mind having a conversation about RTS. i you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts, especially Izzy. You know, going mm-hmm. into a, he's been in this. Exact situation one one all going into a, a final test match and looking across the board because as a player you would look across the board going have I got the team and the teammates that we can we can go out there and do do a job so what are your thoughts is he
3: wow it's um look in all honesty, I probably didn't I didn't pick him to be to be on the bench um you know like in a, in a decider probably a little bit uh, too soon uh, the when he when he's taking that twenty three role he is covering. A couple of positions. Obviously, midfield is where he's played all of his rugby um, when he's come back to rugby. So that's most likely where he's going to go and play when he gets an opportunity. Look, (laughs) he's got an opportunity. You back him. Do I believe and trust in him? Yeah, 100%. I believe he's got the skills and the games uh, to go out there and put on a performance. Um, But only time will tell. And there's been a message come through. Like, SBW. he obviously had a whole lot more build-up when he came to the game. Went to Toulon, went to Canterbury, played a hell of a lot of MPC, got a bit of super rugby on his belt, and then went on uh, and played for the All Blacks. And still, when he was playing for the All Blacks, after all that rugby, he still had a lot to learn. RTS has a hell of a lot to learn, let's be honest. Is 12 his position? We don't know. I, I fully believe that he needs to be on the outsides, but that's only my belief. And there's always been the question mark whether he can kick. Well, Severi's... He's showing he can learn and he can kick. So there is room for improvement. And, um, yeah.
2: There's a good text there from him? Mark. RTS really did need that early rugby and MPC. And I agree, Mark. The thing that interests me about him wearing 23 is, you know, by default, we might see him in his best position, which is the right wing. <laughs> There's a chance, Mm. or on the wing. There's a a very good chance here that by the structure, if you look at where the All Blacks players in this back line, the utilities play, that he might have to start his All Blacks career on the wing, which is where a lot of us think that his best rugby might be played eventually. So there actually could be a light at the end of the tunnel in general. Mark reckons he should have been loaned out once the Auckland season was (laughs) cancelled because he hasn't been exposed to enough rugby. And Kempe, you've played a lot of first-15 rugby, then you you understand the difference between the sports, the codes. No, nothing can can compare to on-field time in the saddle, right?
0: Well, do you remember Jonah Lomu's um, first test match? You know when he when he they picked him and they put him on the wing. I think it was against the French, um, and just you know was like wow. doling people? Well, no, he just got found out. You know? oh, he got right. found mm. out and was up against a very good side, and and we all knew he could play, and you. I can hear what everyone's saying. You know, Roger hasn't had the time. This is international football. It's the all blacks, it's the pinnacle. All I would say, okay, all I would say, you are currently sitting fourth in the world. You're not sitting in number one. You've got a you've got a player of Roger's caliber and through the group that's here and has been given a chance. So in the context of it, you're not you're not the sitting at the top. He hasn't really made the All Blacks, if they're sitting at the top. Would would Roger make the team if you were number one in the world? I probably don't think so. So selection in and around putting Roger in that side, you've got to put that into context. What they've asked from Roger, given the context that they're sitting fourth in the world, probably lower as he, I reckon they're sitting sixth. Um, you, you, you said that you've had him in fifth. I think Roger, you know, being the professional that he is, given the position that the All Blacks are in, I think he still does a job for them. That's my personal belief. If he gets called on, I think he does a job for them. Given the given the context that they're actually sitting fourth in the world.
3: Mm. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. You are you, dead right. Uh, if they were number one, if they were number one, they would have consistency and selection. At the moment, we still that's, that's exactly go, right. No. <laughs> We still don't know who our top team is. And this is an opportunity to see what Roger's got and, and to see if the decision for him to come over and have a crack is the right one. And, and look, he's a quality player. He's an athlete, mate. He's, he's played a ton of NRL. He's totally different code, but he's still the same skill sets. Catch the ball, run. Obviously, the ruck is, is hugely difficult. But catch the ball, run, mate. That's his biggest asset. Get the ball, run hard. I just hope because he's gone to 12, he's had to change his body shape. You know, he's had to really work on his muscle getting bigger so he can withstand those those, quali- uh, those big contact area. I just hope he hasn't lost his speed because we haven't been able to see him just really open up and showcase his biggest asset, which is his footwork. So um, time will tell. He's got an opportunity to go out there and prove that doubt is wrong. And I hope he does.
2: Yeah, a totally unscientific and unexpert opinion for me. But I actually worry that we'd co- he's been completely misused in, to, in rugby union to this point. I really do. Mm. I want to see him unshackled. I want to see him in space. Same, yeah. same. I, 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 I just, I still can't. No matter how much is explained Bloody to me,
0: GPS units.
2: like well, so much. <laughs> it can be explained to me time and time again, but I can't get it. All right, let's round. over some ticks in the head off and come back. Uh <laughs> this is a good text. Uh this is kind of a couple good text here. Let's round them off and come back with Paul another on the other side. Is he uh, is he your favourite coach and what level you've heard is he talk about Scott Robertson, versus Ian Foster? Uh thanks Grant for your message. Just uh, Stratty says, Morning boys, you can't have a clown coach in the old wax. Louis, you can coach Canterbury, he won't get the job. I beg Fozzie. Thanks, Stratty. Are you calling me the clown? Do
3: you or? know what, Louie? I'm going to jump in right now, and there's a message come through. NRL interviewed their coaches during the State of Origin game live. All Blacks can't even give you a player to interview a day out. That's pretty average. You know what? From a past player, that is horrible. Average. Average. They pulled out 10 minutes before we were meant to interview them. I know this is not the new guy's fault, whatever his name is in the media, uh, manager, Matt moneycare But, mate, people have already had enough of rugby. Come on, man. You're better than that
0: yeah it's your job. I'm just going to say it it's your job. and, so and look they're unfor- signed up
2: for it. There are unforeseen circumstances, but it isn't really good enough. We are trying to service New Zealand sport and rugby fans, and don't worry, hey, I'll carry this on off here. We can move this away. we don't need to bore people with the uh, the politics of the media. but right now it is twenty two minutes past nine pm in Scotland. And Patrick Cantlay is teeing (laughs) off on the 18th. He's 1-under. Jordan Spieth's on the 17th. Uh, What's going on? Why? Jordan Spieth's on the 18th as well. Why is the play so slow? Cameron Young is 8-under at um, at the Open. He's leading two shots on McElroy, 6-under. Cam Smith is 5-under. Scheffler, 4-under. And we've got a following pack at 4-under as well. But they're still playing at 25 minutes past 9 at night. Crazy stuff. It's 25 minutes past 8 in the morning here. Loving your messages on double eight double three. We'll get back to them with Pauline Wardy after this. Here with Kim's Warehouse, great savings every day. There you go. You can uh, win a Tesla by buying the lipo sachets from Kim's Warehouse. That's pretty loose. Elon Musk. I wonder if he had anything to do with that, right? Uh, tab.co.nz is where you can go to bet on all things sport and racing. Now they've just finished up at nine thirty at night at the Open. That is quite remarkable. That's how slow the play is. I heard that the reason that the plays was so slow was because of, um, I guess, the fairways all being next to each other and lots of balls going across and lots of players having to wait around at the tees. So we know how frustrating it is when you play golf and you have to wait at the tee boxes. I think that would be just as frustrating at a major Open, especially the 150th Open. So pretty disappointing there. Uh, we're going to catch up with Pit Morris, I assume, from the TAB in a wee, bit. I think it wouldn't be Paul That's why we don't have him on the line. But a couple of good texts here to get through. Is he hi, guys. Tony Brown is a great assistant coach, and when he's head coach, he struggled. He has spoken about being the best assistant coach, but is reluctant about head coaching. That's from Jamie, and that's exactly what you and Kempe are talking about, right?
3: Yeah, so, some people... Enjoy the head coaching role and Kempe's, uh being vulnerable and sharing his thoughts on as well. Look, yeah, some people are made for it, some aren't. And, and that's okay. And maybe that might be the question for, for Fozzie uh, and people going forward. But mate, we've got some quality uh, coaches in New Zealand and some quality assistants. Like you think, I mean when I was back at the crew, I hate going back, but you know, we had Razor, we had Leon as assistant, we had we had um, Broner as assistant. They've gone on to have really successful careers as he coaches. So some are able to make that, that change and some aren't. And only you know that. And You know that as a, as, a, as a person. So great messages
2: coming through, Louis. Uh, a couple here, Dave. This is from Dave. This is speaking to your point, Kempe, around RTS. Here, here, Kimpi, Sonny Bill Williams also had Tana, Tana Umanga as a mentor. I hope RTS is getting set, uh, isn't is getting set up to fail. Remember his first game against the Canes, he got found out.
0: Well, that, that's an, another. I'll tell you what, the text machine today, the, the um, whanau on point. Like, why is the Sonny Bill Williams in camp for Roger? Uh, not one, but imagine having him in camp in the gym. He's about to beat Paul Gellin pumping, up. Pumping weights out, getting the boys up, just breeding um, and that enthusiasm that he brings. Like, th- th- this is the point that I'm trying to make. If you know, For me, when I look at the All Blacks, and I've always benchmarked against the All Blacks. That's in the positions that I've had, I've had. Who else do I benchmark against? Well, the All Blacks are the pinnacle. They always have been since I was four years old. You know what I mean? So... You're benching against the best. What I'm the point I'm making? Stop accepting medioc- mediocrity when you're the best. Like your best assistant. Seriously, your best head coach. Your best mentors. Like if you're if you're being benchmarked at the best, then don't put second-rate people in there. That's that's just doesn't make sense.
2: Hey, I think you're speaking for a lot of New Zealand rugby fans right now, which is why we've had the biggest week of kind of unrest we've had in a long time. And that's why this test match tomorrow for the players, for the coaches, for everybody is such a big deal. And we've got many more messages to get through after this. Here's the news with half for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. And we'll get to Pip Morris from tab.co.nz on the other side. 29 away from 9. Kimpi, loving the passion this morning from you, mate. <laughs> 27 away from nine this morning. Plenty going on in the world of sport. They've just wrapped up at the Open. Uh, hey, the Silver Ferns got pumped last night by the men. Just quietly.
0: They got pumped. Yeah. They got pumped by the men.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, it's I, Commonwealth I, Games in,
2: like, 20 days. I text Kez
0: last night, and he just... He said, yeah, he basically wouldn't give me the... You know, like, he's really analytical, eh, like Kez? And he wouldn't give me the rundown. He was... You know how upset he gets, eh? I'm pretty sure that's why he's having the day off. He just can't get over it. His ferns got pumped by the men. What's your sister saying, Daggy? Uh, She hasn't actually said
3: anything. Uh, She hasn't actually said anything, mate. But, yeah, look. The men, they they play a whole different game. Physical, big... Oh, Galdard the, and Jay Galdard in the in the um, shooting circle. He's a sim foot twenty. <laughs> well, he's huge. But he just lop, lop the ball up. So I mean, he'll just shoot everything. He only missed twice. But on the other side, Silver Ferns—they'll be pretty angry. They only shot seventy-five percent of their own. So. Sloppy. Yeah, sloppy, sloppy uh, outset. But hey, going to the Commonwealth Games this
0: is what they needed—a little wake-up call. And yeah. yeah, I can just see Dane Knowles just <laughs> getting ready for that first session. And I can see the girls go,
2: oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, they would have known when they came with, you know, like when you lose. Yeah, you know, like, okay, is no. Speaking of coaching today, so you know when you lose a game at any level, right, and you already feel shit because you lost the game but then you also have the the personality type as as a coach that you're going to cop a hiding for losing the game. So you actually feel bad about you lost the game, but you're also scared about what's about to happen next. There's nothing worse worse than that sinking sandpit feeling, Gibby.
0: Bring back the sandpit. Imagine (laughs) chucking the gills in the sandpit. Rightio, here you go. Get out there. You're up. Right, tackle that one.
3: (laughs) I'll I'll tell you this through. We lost, we lost, and we're down here at Christchurch we're going to trade in the next week. Anyway, we're, we're in the exact same mindset. We're like, oh, no, we're going to get pumped here. We're going to get pumped here. Anyway, old Steve Henson, just real old school. Get on the line. You over there, you over here, one-on-one, one-on-one, just straight one-on-ones. <laughs> you have five-meter little gap, yeah, you've got to set them, Sanford. and they've got a Yeah, it's like a sandpit, but you're one-on-one defence, and we're trying to do tackle practice. Anyway, it's an absolute shambles, because it's me against Wyatt Crockett. It's me against Wyatt Crockett, he and he's trying to... He couldn't catch you. Yeah, we're trying to work on defence here, and all of a sudden all the backs are marked up against the forwards, and we're just, like, breaking their ankles, like, bang! Stepping them, and scoring tries, and then um, Shag was like, that's it! Stop! Move on! And he just blows up his his old school draw just backfired on him. It was so funny.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, that's gold, Izzy. What a great story. And you can imagine it. Well, oh, Steve says so Steve Hansen. All right, let's get to the T TME. A B. TAB.co.nz is your home for everything, sports and racing. Pit Morris is on the line and I see Rory McElroy is the four dollar fifty favorite now uh in outright betting to win the open Pip. But what else have you got coming up this weekend?
1: Good morning, guys. He yeah, certainly is, and probably deservedly so as well. But we've talk about the Irish and, of course, the All Black game. And we've got the backing Black promotion just a little bit different this week, guys. So you can back the first try scorer for the All Blacks. And if your player doesn't score the first try, you can get a bonus bet up to $50 in your account. And the best back in both the turnover and number of bets is Will Jordan at $8. Followed by Ardie Savea at 17 and Sebu Rees at $8. So those are the best backs as far as the first try scorer. There's been 15,000 on the All Blacks to win at $1.25. 10,000 on them to win at $1.25. But there's also been 2,275 on Ireland at $4.40. So someone willing to take that. And the best back power player, get this one. Any player to receive a red card at $4 (laughs) is the best back. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good bet. I
2: think that's overs.
1: Any player yeah, then- at any
0: time of the game to, to receive a red card is 4 bucks.
1: 4 bucks. yeah. Oh, yeah, so, I'm on that. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's nice money. Uh, $5,000 on New Zealand, 13 or more at 215 And this is a nice bet, actually. 1600 on Ireland 1 to 12 at $5. So that's where the market's mm. playing with that. And hopefully the boys can bounce back. And just quickly, of course, I've got to mention the Warriors. 80% of single bets on the Warriors and the head-to-head market, but only 52% on turnover for the Warriors. And the biggest bet so far is head-to-head market, 4000 on the Eels at a dollar 12. But they almost got beaten by the Tigers, and the Warriors coming back fresh. though.
0: oh, and so you're back, back on. Course. You're back on the. You're back on the wagon. Keeping
1: the faith. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying gonna be a close
2: game. <laughs> Cheers, Pip. Appreciate it. There you go, Pip Morris. Download the TAB app today. And uh, you can go and bet on the Warriors if you're that way inclined. Actually, Jamie's come through on double eight double three and said, "Hey, it's great to see Eddie Cossey back on the wing. I felt for him after the storm game. Hopefully, the young man has a great game. Here, here, Jamie. Really nice message In a morning we have been hot on the text machine. Good to just have some great, good faith coming through. The Silver Ferns shot seventy five percent, but hey, they passed their fitness test. Didn't anyone tell the men that? That's from Pete. Good pith from you, Pete. And boys, can you ask Paulie or Pip what the, TA, the TAB is on the hook for if a Barrett scores in their three-plus try power play comes in? Well, I don't think Pip would have known and or wanted to talk about it because I reckon we could take them brank, bat, uh, broke if <laughs> Bode Barrett scores a try this weekend. Or Scott Barrett. Come on, Bodie Or Geordie Barrett. That's the beauty of it. There's three of them. We are 21 away from nine. The Friday tipple up after this. is in for breakfast.
1: Ah, Well, guys, we've made it. It's time for the Friday Tipple.
3: Yes, we've made it. I love that sound. Friday, the weekend, it's here. And I'm going to that test match. And to start us off, I've got to hand it to the Irish. Are you going to buy some cigarettes? We outplay. outplayed. <laughs> no way, Kimpy. It's a bad habit. Three hammer, years later. Silly, silly people. No, no, no. no. I'm, uh, I'm going to go, but I've just got to try and really persuade Daisy into it. I've still got a day to go, so I'll keep doing that. But anyway, to start us off, I've got to hand it to the Irish, who outplayed the All Blacks in Dunedin over the weekend. Analyst and former player Bernard Jackman described the reaction in Ireland to this historic victory.
4: This tour looked like it could go downhill very quickly. You know, we, we thought if we had a chance it was the first test because of all this COVID the disruption that you guys had. We, we love getting carried away, so now we're going to win the World Cup, uh, but we're going to win the series
3: first. Yes, that's right. They've got a chance. They've given themselves a chance this weekend to do the unthinkable. I hope they don't, but, mate, they've got a uh, quality side and they're going to put them under a hell of a lot of pressure.
0: I'll I tell you what Bernard's done for me is on my on my Twitter feed, he's got me 100 more followers <laughs> after <laughs> that interview. Um, yeah, and look, another one we would have lost to the Irish in the cricket as well if it weren't for the heroics of our man Michael Bracewell. He told us on Tuesday that scoring a century for the Black Caps helped fulfil a boyhood dream of
5: his. Obviously, as a boy... Um growing up, you, you dream of scoring hundreds for New Zealand, and yeah, the context of it all was something that you could never really dream up.
2: Luckily, there's no red cards in cricket, so there was no sort of controversy <laughs> around that sort of stuff, but yeah, it was, a, it was an awesome day. Uh,
0: there's a red one tomorrow night at four bucks, so <laughs> get that one.
3: Give <laughs> it, if there's a red card, rugby is ruined. They would have been told, maybe just take it a bit easier on the cards this weekend. Oh man. See the TAB, they're tricking you. World Rugby have told the refs they won't give out any cards. Watch this. Anyway, we love the weird and wonderful here at SCNZ from speed golf to the art of maintaining the perfect lawn. We really have covered it all. Well, that was until we came across competitive eater, Mickey Sudo, who recently won her eighth hot dog eating competition over in the US. I'm fascinated by the whole thing, especially with how she feels after eating 40 (laughs) hot dogs in under 10 minutes.
1: It's not pleasant. I mean, I, I don't do this because I feel great afterwards. Mm. And, you know, actually, with that said, when you when you win a contest, you beat out the field and, you know, you get a little bit of money and you made people smile and it was entertaining. I mean, all that does feel good, so I'll take that back, you know. It, but <laughs> physically, no, it is, it is uncomfortable.
3: Oh, it I'll is uncomfortable. It is. it is unpleasant. Hey, wow, well, she was pretty nice about it, to be honest. But, you know, let your minds wander.
0: Little tip, just jump <laughs> up and down. Little tip, just jump up and down. <laughs> Last week I mentioned how proud I was of the Blackstips girls' efforts and man, they go well up in the Netherlands They came uh, into the tournament with a lot to prove and did just that despite falling short in the quarterfinals. We spoke to head coach Smithy, Darren Smith, following the loss and he sounded pretty stoked with where the team is at
5: the work that's gone into the penalty corner defence and the application from the team has, has been second to none. I mean, all we'll finish this him we'll have the, the best penalty corner defence in the world and our penalty corner attack won't be far off it e- either.
0: Hopefully Fozzie showed that, how you defend 17 penalties. Because <laughs> they need good defence tomorrow night.
3: Right. They do, they do. They need to be defensively sound for sure. And the Blackstick skills showed that. Well done to them. Obviously not what they wanted, but going to the Commonwealth Games, chasing back-to-back gold medals. Anyway, it's time for our Toast of the Week, and this one's been a long time coming after years of planning. The City Council finally signed off Christchurch's new stadium tech. Oh, it is much needed down here in the Garden City. We are so happy. 70-odd percent voted in for the champagne is flowing, the people are cheering. We can't wait. 2026, Colin Mansbridge was on the drive show yesterday and he spoke about it and they are up and about. So I am pumped. I can't wait to experience it with Arlo watching a test match or even Ed Sheeran. How good. Multi-purpose arena, can't wait. Thank you, thank you, thank you.